Hey everybody, this is David opposing the Matrix. How are you today? I got a new microphone. Does it sound better? It sounds better to me. I'm kind of listening to it on the earphones here. And uh, actually, it's an old microphone. I've had it for a, probably about a year, and then I decided to use it. So I think uh, put retire the other one and uh, keep it as a as on an as needed basis, I guess. You know. Um. Oh boy, what are we going to talk about tonight? We're gonna. I'm going to talk about, I'm the only one here, so I will not use a plural. Um, I'm going to talk about uh, something called graphene hydroxide, something, it's a big bad boy that uh, seems to be in the Pfizer vaccine and um, and in probably in the other ones too. So um, anyway, I, I scoured the internet today to look for this. I know that some of you probably know about this stuff already. I've done a show on it earlier, and um, probably about a year ago now, um, where I introduced Dr. Uh, Andreas Noach, a German uh, professor, um, post-mortem, of course. He had been killed not too long after he made the introduction of uh, uh, graphene hydrochloride or hydroxy, (laughs) Uh, hydroxide, excuse me, and... um, so we're going to be including that tonight. And if you are listening via audio, um, unless you know German, for about 20 minutes, there's going to be a, a video where there's going to be German with English subtitles. So um, <clears throat> what I will do after that is I will kind of give you uh, an encapsulation of what he said. Um, I have an English copy of um, the basic idea of what he's trying was trying to convey. And... Um, it went much deeper than that, but at least you'll get an idea of what it was talking about. So um, there's another one that's Spanish, but there are English subtitles in it. And a matter of fact, there are translators that read uh, both the uh, the lady and uh, the, the one gentleman and the other gentleman, excuse me. One of the uh, interpreters is a lady. So um, anyway, uh, so I guess uh, it's off to the races here. I don't know how long this radio show will be tonight, but... Um, You'll get a lot of information when you walk away from it, that's for sure. (laughs) Um, I mean, after it's over, don't walk away from it while it's going, okay? Otherwise, you won't get that information. You know, big duh there, huh? Oh, there's a mysterious coffee cup. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, You don't know what I'm talking about, and uh, frankly, I wonder if I do sometimes, too. So, anyway... Let's let's get to going here. We're going to watch three videos, and then um, actually, I think there's four videos. Oh, we'll see. Okay, and uh, they're they're you know they're not quick videos, so okay. So anyway, um, let's get the ball rolling here. Okay, and uh, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay, so this first one is going to be. Got to make sure I share it with you. Oh, there we go. Graphene oxide. And this is just the oxide. It's not the hydroxide, okay, that uh, that Noah found about. But uh, let's see what uh, what this is, what graphene oxide is, okay? And by the way, if you look down below, it says, confirmed by Health Canada, graphene oxide particles are also contained in the face mask, which is intended to protect you. So all of us that wear face masks all those times... <laughs> 
I wore them for, you know, days on end when I worked as a nurse at the state hospital here in Oregon. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess there's a lawsuit yeah, pending. <laughs> but um, anyway, let's go ahead and watch this video, and I think uh, you'll be really educated by this. I know I was. Good morning. I am Michelle Shostodovsky from the Center for Research on Globalization in Montreal. And as part of our video program, we have the privilege of welcoming Ricardo Delgado Martin from Seville, Spain who is the founder of La Quinta Columna and now representing a team of researchers. What is tremendously compelling, shall we say, is that this team has done a study of what is inside the vial of the Pfizer vaccine. It is a laboratory examination under microscope and they've discovered that there is a tremendously toxic substance which is called graphene or graphene oxide. This element has consequences on the health of those who take the vaccine. Welcome, Ricardo. What are the specific results that you have found in that research? I have to say that no one has. No one among the independent virologists, shall we say has taken the initiative to analyze the contents of the Pfizer or AstraZeneca vial. First off, Michel, thank you for the invitation. Indeed, from the evidence of the magnetic phenomena that was occurring in the inoculated people, we began to suspect to raise hypothesis about what kind of injected nanomaterials that could provoke this magnetism turn people into superconductors having this is when we came across graphene therefore at the moment we became aware of the existence of a vial which fell into our hands we asked the University of Amaria through the mediation of Dr. Campra Madrid Pablo Campra Madrid doctor in chemical sciences and bachelor in biology to perform an analysis of the vial and a week later the analysis came directly to us and here you have it with this digital signature as an accredited professor of this university where clear evidence of graphene oxide in the sample through analysis to 10 electron microscopy, optical microscopy as well, see analysis and some spectroscopy techniques. Evidently, from that moment on, we began to study the toxicity caused by this graphene oxide in the organism. And we realized that it presents almost the same clinical picture as the COVID-19 disease itself. 
In other words, graphene oxide generates thrombogenicity. Trombi is a coagulating factor, causes platelet reduction, causes oxidative stress when toxicity increases, and with it, it triggers an alteration of the immune system and thus triggers collapse of the immune system, cytokine storm, inflammation of mucous membranes by inhalation, loss of taste, loss of smell. We are talking about the classic COVID-19 picture. Well, these are also revealed in the figures published by the European Union in the vaccine mortality and morbidity files, aren't they? I mean, those are the adverse effects and such. Graphene could likely be the causality behind this trend. Now, there are more than 17,000 deaths in the European Union, and it's linked to the vaccine. The question then is if graphene is the cause of this trend. Indeed, we understand that. Yes, it is. Whereas the various institution reports were very severe adverse effects, about 1,300,000 and approximately 15,000 deaths in Europe alone. It is not even reflecting the reality. Since it is estimated that only 1% of these clinical manifestations will be expressed or directly referred to this body, to theirs. So, probably there are many more. Indeed, the vaccine causes trombi. This is known. The vaccine causes blood coagulation. Causes associated with trombi derivatives such as ischemia, stroke, paraplegia, immobilization of limbs, sudden death, pericarditis, myocarditis, etc. Also abortions. And indeed, all this symptomatology, or rather, all this picture is a consequence of graphene oxide, according to toxicity studies of graphene oxide and cytotoxicity of graphene oxide that we have corroborated. We have at least 90 studies on the toxicity of graphene, and they corroborate this. Look, mm, you also examine the issue of the masks. The fact that the masks also had graphene in them, and that this could affect the health of those wearing a mask. Can you elaborate on that dimension? Because the mask comes already for more than a year. And I just read a document from Health Canada which says that the masks containing graphene are prohibited. But well, that's one year later. Precisely in Canada, through the Canadian Ministry of Health, published drugs sales of masks that contain a nanotechnology with graphene. This news also reached our country here in Spain. There was a recall of millions of masks. So the question is, if the masks have been withdrawn because they contain this material, graphene oxide, because it is harmful, since it caused pulmonary fibrosis and cancer, 
How is it possible that it can be injected into the vein in a very high proportion as it appears, precisely in the preliminary report of the vial? What we have found in the vial report is that it is precisely the main component of the vaccine. Not an adjuvant in a negligible but contrary, as I say, it is the main component of the vaccine. In our opinion, we can say that all the elements that have been introduced in the population to supposedly prevent or protect the population, to supposedly prevent disease, were precisely those elements that were going to provoke it. By the introduction of this toxic chemical compound, Yes. Look, you are actually making the case that, in a way, it's not the virus that's causing the disease, but that it's a toxic element. I see that you have also analyzed of virus isolation or virus identification. I remember when I started my research on this issue that on January 7th, the Chinese authorities made a statement that the virus had been identified and isolated. And on January 28th of last year, isn't it true? U.S. CDC also did the same. But we do not have anywhere a scientific description of this virus. We have statements from Chinese and from the United States, and I also have to mention that the PCR test from the World Health Organization is not based on the identity of the virus of SARS-CoV-2, but on the identity of SARS-CoV-2. In reality, your research is also focusing on the underlying causality of that disease. Yes, indeed, we believe that. Alleged sequencing and isolation of a new biological agent called SARS-CoV-2, as you know, never existed, and that it was all a smokescreen to cover up literally the real cause of mortality, which is, as I say, as the preliminary report says, the graphene oxide introduced by various routes of administration. One of them were the masks, also the tests, which we're going to talk about a little later, and of course the vaccine in a more invasive way. Indeed, as of today, there is no global institution that has recognized the actual isolation, sequencing, or purification of the biological agent called SARS-CoV-2 of a novel coronavirus. There is only a virtual seating in a computer assembled with a computer algorithm from three samples of alveolar mucus taken from three patients with pneumonia in the city of Wuhan in China. They simply went about assembling those samples and filling in all the missing gaps with a computer algorithm called muscle. But in nature, SARS-CoV-2, the new coronavirus, does not exist. So from that moment on, we found that the real cause precisely
actually this toxic compound called graphene oxide. And as for the diagnostic tool, PCR test, it could be used for the same reason. They cannot diagnose or detect the viral sequences of something that does not exist in nature. So they simply compare it with that virtual sequence. Well, the fundamental question is, how is it that this toxic element has been inserted into the vaccine, which is actually not a vaccine, and it was also used in the mess, also used the PCR I mean, I guess in the cotton element, right? Indeed, the graphene oxide particles, nanoparticles of graphene oxide, appear in the so-called visa, which is the cotton part of the swab. Today, Nanografi, a Turkish company, which develops intranasal aerosol vaccines, graphene oxide nanoparticles developing PCR test with graphenology. So, this is being used today, and as I say, is another element of prevention, of supposed prevention, diagnostic, in quotation marks, but what it is really doing is to introduce acceptance that we will later cause the disease. Let's talk a little bit now about electromagnetism or the idea of electromagneticity. Excuse my Spanish. We know that all over the world there are people who have been vaccinated and have um, experienced metal on their body and that seems like a tremendously strange phenomenon how can you explain it indeed graphene oxide has a particularity that when it comes into contact with living cells specifically with hydrogen it acquires magnetic properties that is what we were observing as of today in millions of videos and scientific evidences. Not just measurements with adhesion of metallic or magnetic objects, such as neodymium or ferrite magnets, but also with apparatus such as Tesla meters, magnetometers, multimeters, etc. That is to say, the magnetic phenomenon of the inoculated is real. Not only of those inoculated or vaccinated, or graphenated as we already call them, but also by other routes of administration. There are people who are not vaccinated and present magnetism, but have been using the mask for a long time. This was one of the initial hypotheses to later prove that the mask indeed also contained graphene. This is why we say that all the elements that have been introduced have been precisely along these lines. The important thing about graphene oxide is that like all materials, and this is where electromagnetism comes in, it has what is called an absorption band or a magnetic resonance band beyond which it is rapidly excited and will increase the level of toxicity due to rapid oxidation of this material. The moment the oxidation exceeds body biomarkers with respect to our antioxidant glutathione levels, it will trigger, as I say, the collapse of the immune system and the famous cytokine storm that we all know the severe COVID-19. Hmm. Well, the fundamental question is, 
¿Cuál es ese What is that project? Because las, uh, if we talk about the mask, the mask is manufactured in China, but all the manufacturing details are going to be decided by an entity. And I assume a health entity. And the same applies for the vaccine. The question we ask is, what is the causality that leads us to this situation? And also the fact that the 119 member states of the United Nations have accepted Uh, la, el, la, the consensus el of the World Health Organization de, de OMS, and also of the World Economic Forum regarding the virus. And virus, um, the, um, what you say seems to me so fundamental, fundamental but presumably the virology specialists uh, could have detected uh, it in the different countries. Yes. Podrían haberlo detectado en los distintos países. Already doing a laboratory test. And instead of this, they have accepted a series of concepts that have not even been proven. That is, let's say, the first question. The second one is... What are the solutions? What are the solutions for the public? For those who have been vaccinated. But also, what are the solutions at the level of the medical authorities or the health authorities of the various countries concerned? Well, starting with this last question, indeed, once we know the etiological agent or real cause of the disease, being graphene oxide, we know how to degrade it. And we do it precisely by increasing glutathione levels because glutathione degrades graphene oxide. Therefore, we know that treatments with N-acetylcysteine, which is a precursor of glutathione, as well as direct intravenous glutathione, work perfectly well to cure the disease in patients who are already extremely ill. It is about raising our antioxidant levels of glutathione to cope with the toxicity of this introduced toxic agent graphene oxide and degrading it. This was seen in at least 96 clinical trials that we also have on record at La Quinta Columna, which is why they were running at that time. Of course, more than treatment, the first thing to do is to prevent it. So if we are consistent with the fact that a poisonous toxin, such as graphene oxide, is being introduced through the vaccine in, in an invasive way, the first thing to do is, of course, not to get vaccinated, because that is precisely what will potentially cause the disease to develop later from the class, which is the initial program of the disease itself. So, those people who have one dose, of course, should not take the second or third dose, which is the one they already announced. Something very strange, isn't it? That you have to take three vaccines a year. 
because the body already has a natural capacity to eliminate and biodegrade graphene oxide through myeloperoxidase, which is an enzyme. So raising glutathione levels, both with N-acetylcysteine glutathione directly, doing sports because endogenously we release glutathione levels, and this is why athletes have very little incidence, as well as children who have high glutathione levels. For the elderly who have very low glutathione levels, which is precisely why they are the most affected population, whereas children hardly have any impact. In other words, everything we have been seeing corroborates precisely with what we already know. Once we go to the actual agent of the disease, and it is very striking based on the first question you asked, Michelle, How is it possible that no biologist in the world, in the first place, has made an analysis of the vial to really know what is inside? And we have to do it, we who are civilians? How is it possible that they have also believed, at face value, the official story of an alleged sequencing of a biological agent that, as I said, we never had? Because if they had, they would have made a traditional or classic vaccine, continuating the agent, which is what is usually done. And we never had that. What we have found in the vaccine is a tiny trace of RNA, minimal, and for the most part, a considerable dose of graphene oxide. And when, I repeat this again, we study the toxicity of this material, or nanomaterial in the body, it causes precisely the exact same poisoning as COVID-19 does. Hmm. So, to conclude, the solution at the individual level, worldwide, is not to get vaccinated, right? At the political level, the authorities have to stop this vaccine because it has a proven toxic element. I think that would be the solution, no, in the short term. Indeed, we have initiated lawsuits in all the autonomous communities of our country. And we hope that Dr. Kampfer's preliminary report can be used in other countries of the world. I know that in Chile, they have also found an AstraZeneca in the first optical approximation that they have done, means they have introduced this. They did it in an effective way during the anti-flu campaign of 2019. And when they caused the disease that you know, they justified it with a smokescreen called SARS-CoV-2 and used the pretext to inoculate and vaccinate the entire world population darker in purpose than the listener can ever imagine. We now know that COVID-19 is only a collateral effect. The which is intended to be implemented. Synergraphic oxide shell is used in the field of nanoscience or neuroscience precisely for neuromodulation. We are talking about neuronal control to pick up the neuronal electrophysiological effects. It behaves inside the body as a nanobiosensor. And from there, this graphene oxide can be excited wirelessly and remotely using precisely this fashionable technology. The 5G technology which is the one that at all times never, never stopped being implemented during the pandemic. This is especially serious. It sounds like the plot of a science fiction movie, but believe me, it is technically feasible, and it is being done.
Thank you very much for your intervention. And his research is tremendously important of mankind. We are going to do everything possible so that the results of your research are disseminated well at the level of Latin America, Spain, but also at global level. And well, I suppose that it is a first stage that will lead to other interventions on our part to confront the consensus in favor of the COVID-19 and the vaccines that is being implemented worldwide. Thank you very much, Spanish team. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks to you, Michelle. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to take the results of the research to other parts of the world. Our lives are at stake in the future of everything and everyone. Okay, folks. That was pretty interesting. Right from the horse's mouth. Okay, let's see. Get rid of this thing here. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to skip that one. I would normally I would um <clears throat> I would play this um but I have a funny feeling about borrowing stuff from from people and you know Stu Peters is a wonderful wonderful um commentator and and uh, and a host to a wonderful show. And I don't know. I, I know how I would feel if somebody was using my work without asking for it. So um, I know I've done it before, but um, I just want to be conscious of uh, Stu Peters and to, and to promote him. He's got a wonderful show, an excellent show, um, and I highly approve it, and I, I would point you in that direction too, okay? So we're not going to use his video. We are going to watch Dr. Andreas Noah, Okay. And um, this gentleman is a hero in my book. Um, as I said, this man is talking in German. There's English subtitles, but there is not an English translation. So what we'll do is afterwards, um, I'll go ahead and read the English translation of what he said. And he's basically going to um, to echo the research of another Spanish um if I could see the name here, another Spanish researcher, Dr. Compre, I think his name is, and um, who, who worked with uh, Dr. Noah. So they shared information back and forth. Now, this is going to get a little technical, but he has uh, drawings on a whiteboard. And he explains things. And um, so uh, anyway, uh, I'm sorry if you're listening to this in a video or an audio format. But again, I'll, I'll um, fix that at the end, okay? Um, basically, maybe maybe what I'll do is I'll I'll fix it now, and that way, if you wanted to bow out, um, you could afterwards. Okay. Okay. Graphene hydrochloride, the vax, and EMFs. Okay. Doctor Andreas Noak, in, in a video he created on November twenty third, twenty twenty one, explains in detail how graphene hydrochloride, not oxide, 
is one of the nefarious ingredients in the vaccine being distributed worldwide. Within hours of its release, three days later, he lost his life. He was murdered, folks. He was arrested by the police, and they never saw him again. Okay. And it describes the video. Dr. Noak, a renowned expert in the world, uh, world of graphene-based carbon products, describes of the network of Dr. Pablo Compra, okay, there's the man, from the University of Almeria, uh, had recently done a micro-ramen spectroscopy, spectro, yeah, spectroscopy, you, you pronounce it the right way, study of the vaccine. He had discovered that the graphene detected in the vax was not graphene oxide, GL, but graphene hydrochloride, GHO which is an extremely stable molecule that is not biodegradable. So it basically stays in your system forever. This is very bad news for vaccine recipients because he describes how graphene hydrochloride molecules as the sharpest imaginable objects because they are only one atom thick, uh, a thick a layer, a huge molecule which is extremely sharp. In other words, the graphene hydrochloride molecules in the vax behave like nano razors that cut the epithelial lining of the recipient's veins, which he believes is the cause of blood clots and the sudden deaths observed in so many of the athletes lately, and, and other people too, we might add. Um, he believes it's, it's the case of Russian roulette where the syringe-administered uh, intramuscular injection will inadvertently pierce the vein, allowing the GHO to enter the bloodstream, slicing the epithelia in the blood vessels of hapless recipients. I'm going to stop here for a second because I want to tell you something I've noticed, okay? If they're still giving the, the, the death shot, go watch when they give it, okay? Because I've watched it many, many, many times on, on the Internet. And what we were taught in nursing school is when you put that needle in somebody's arm, you draw back a little. Because if you draw back a little and you find blood, you've hit a vein and you want to start it all over again, okay? You want to throw that needle out and start all over again. Never, ever, ever have I seen in any of these videos a person doing that. Nobody has brought the syringe back to see if there's any blood in it. They just stick it in and inject. And that is a crime right there. And any nurse that does that should should lose their license. Any doctor, any pharmacist that does that should all lose their licenses because that, that could kill somebody. Okay? It really could. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll continue with the article now. It just really ticks me off when I see people doing stuff that they shouldn't be doing when they know better, okay? And nurses that have been working for decades giving injections should know better, okay? And doctors, too, and anybody else that gives injections. Okay. Do you hit the vein or not? Does it stay in the muscle? Then is it less toxic if it stays in the muscle? But if you hit a vein and the, and the batches contain different amounts of GHO, then you have to know you are cutting people up from the inside. Sadly, he says, most doctors are not familiar with these new nanomaterials, and they have no idea the damage that they can do to the human body, and graphene hydrochloride does not show up in toxicological tests. In other words, it doesn't show up in Petri dishes, okay? It's, you have to see it with an electron microscope. He says of Austria, they are the first to impose vaccine mandate. They are killing the whole Austrian nation. Mr. Schallenberg is, is responsible for this. He needs, uh, he needs the right consultants. 
he, we had an Austrian once who brought suffering and death all over Europe. I'm appealing to you to share this video on all channels. I think you know he was talking about Hitler, right? Okay. <clears throat> Mr. Schallenberg needs thousands of hundreds of thousands or hundreds of thousands of letters. He must know this is a razor. This is me. This means to kill. And if he knows this and he continues, he's a mass murderer. Well, he will walk in Hitler's footsteps. His pregnant partner has uh, since posted, and they're talking about Dr. Noach again, posted videos in which she, she states her belief that he may have fallen victim to an attack of some kind of radiological weapon since she says he had talked about them having uh, this kind of technology. The D-dimmer uh, blood serum test, which has proven micro blood clotting in many may show normal uh, levels in vaxxed and non-vaxxed individuals at any given time. However, if one is near certain 5G frequencies, it will activate the nanorazors into graphite hydrochloride uh, to initiate blood clotting, therefore increase, increasing D-dimer levels. You may want to get your D-dimer levels checked throughout the year. While trying to eradicate them through protocols we have um, discussed. Um, what's more disturbing is learning who holds the patents to these this technology and how many others other ways it may be used to poison us. You do not have to search too far to discover the answers to these questions, as long as there are ways to minimize or eradicate it in our bodies. There is hope to keep us from feeling the effects of such an attack. Call us for any concerns. Love, love over fear. And it has um, a copy of the video we're going to be watching. And again, it has human, uh, human, <laughs> has um, English subtitles, but um, it does not have uh, an interpreter. So listening via audio will not uh, do anybody any good. So I'm going to go ahead and get rid of that. Okay. So, folks, if you're leaving, because the rest of it's probably going to be this and maybe a little um, discussion afterwards, but um, if you want to hang in there, that's wonderful. Um, if you're listening via audio, however, if you want to um, leave, hey, go ahead. Um, I would understand it would be kind of tedious to sit and listen to some guy speak German and you don't even can't even see what he's talking about, you know. So I'll bid you an adios, a farewell, and we'll see you on Wednesday. Actually, we won't, I don't think. We'll see. I don't know if Ralph's ready yet. Okay. So, those of you who are remaining, we're going to go ahead and um, watch this video of Andreas Noach. And um, just uh, read the um, subtitles real carefully because there's a lot in there. Okay. Uh, it goes at a pretty good pace. I mean, if I can keep up with it, most of you can. Um, I have no doubt. So, um, anyway, let me... Um, do not want to do what I almost did. Okay. All right. Let me just make sure here. Okay. It's there. I don't like making mistakes. Okay, folks. Here we go. Dr. Andreas. Oh, by the way, at the end, I think it is part of the video where they arrest him. Okay. Just so you know. So it's, it's going to be loud. It's going to sound like the Gestapo coming in to, uh, to arrest Jews back in the 1940s. So, anyway, here we go. Also, da gibt es einen Professor von der Universität Almeria, 
Das ist Professor Dr. Paolo Campa Madrid. Der hat eben diese Impfstoffe auf Graphenoxid untersucht. Mit Raman, mit Mikroraman-Spektroskopie. Da untersuchst du Schwingungen. Eben da gibt es Schwingungsbanden. Diese beiden Schwingungsbanden sind einfach wichtig. Und da sieht man, dass es kein Graphenoxid ist, sondern Graphenhydroxid. Ich möchte euch mal erklären, was dieses Graphenhydroxid tatsächlich ist. Das ist monolagige Aktivkohle. Du hast da diese C6-Ringe. Er hat die in allen Proben gefunden. Also jede Ecke ist ein Kohlenstoffatom. Du kannst dir vorstellen, wenn das nanoskalisch ist, wenn es von hier nach da... Ich unterbrecht es hier mal so ein bisschen, dann hast du da, wenn es 50 Nanometer ist, 500 Ringe quasi in Reihe. Und hier oben hast du eine OH-Gruppe. Das normale Graphenoxid hast du eine Hydroxygruppe, einen doppelgebundenen Sauerstoff und hier hast du jetzt eine OH-Gruppe. Und das Ganze ist, da hast du die Elektroden delokalisiert. Das heißt, die Elektroden, Elektronen sind vollständig beweglich. Das Ding ist, ich sag mal 500, also 50 Nanometer lang, aber nur 0,1 Nanometer dick. Diese Strukturen, diese C6-Strukturen sind extrem stabil. Du machst aus solchen Strukturen, kannst du Bremsscheiben herstellen. Die sind biologisch nicht mehr abbaubar. Solche Strukturen im nanoskalischen Bereich kannst du am besten als Rasierklinge darstellen. Das sind eigentlich Rasierklingen, die da in den Körper gespritzt werden. Nanoskalische, extrem kleine Rasierklingen sind quasi nur ein Atom, eine Atomlage dick und relativ breit und hoch. Das sind Rasierklingen, die biologisch nicht mehr abbaubar sind. Du hast jetzt hier diese OH-Gruppen und die spalten Proton ab. Wenn die Proton abspalten, dann kriegst du hier eine negative Ladung. Diese negative Ladung ist über das ganze System verteilt. Das ist eine Art Säure, ein Säureplättchen. Weil es dann negativ geladen ist, löst sich das oder es suspendiert sehr gut in Wasser. Das ist eine Suspension. Und das heißt, das sind Rasierklingen, die sehr homogen in der Flüssigkeit verteilt sind. Und das ist das... Ähm, ich sag mal, aus meiner Sicht eine Art russisch Roulette. Also bei der Dame sieht man das extrem. Es zerschneidet die Blutgefäße. Die Blutgefäße haben auf der Innenseite Epithelzellen. Und das Epithel ist extrem glatt, das ist spiegelglatt. Und es wird jetzt durch diese Rasierklingen zerschnitten. Das ist das Gefährliche. Wenn du mit der Spritze ein Blutgefäß triffst, eine Vene triffst, dann zirkulieren diese Rasierklingen hervorragend im Blut und zerschneiden die Epithel, das Epithel. Die Blutgefäße werden zerschnitten. Das Gemeine daran ist, dass bei toxikologischen Tests diese Tests in Petrischalen durch und da findest du nichts. Diese Strukturen sind die schärfsten Strukturen, die du dir vorstellen kannst, weil sie aus einer Atomlage besteht. Und das ist einfach ein riesengroßes Molekül, was extrem scharf ist. Ich bin Aktivkohlespezialist. Ich habe in diesem Bereich gerade auch, wie du ja jetzt so aus äh, diesem Graphenoxid, Graphenhydroxid machst, damit habe ich gearbeitet in meiner Promotion. Ich bin äh, zum weltgrößten Aktivkohlehersteller gegangen und ich war dann nach einem Jahr zuständig für New Carbon Product. Wir hatten neue Aktivkohleprodukte in unserem Portfolio. Wir hatten so eine kleine Firma in Hooten String äh, zwischen Newcastle und Durham in England gekauft. Und ich war europaweit zuständig für New Carbon Product. Ich war im Application Scouting. 
Opfer zu analysieren, äh, zu obduzieren, die finden nichts, weil die ganzen Toxikologen machen ihre Tests in Petrischalen. Ja, die kommen aber nicht drauf, dass es solche Strukturen gibt, die die Blutgefäße zerschneiden. Du siehst äh, Bilder, wo irgendwie das Blut irgendwie verstoppt aus der Nase rausläuft. Die Menschen verbluten innerlich. Ich sag mal, gerade diese Spitzensportler, die tot umfallen, da fließt das Blut sehr schnell. Das heißt, je schneller das Blut fließt, desto stärker der Schaden dieser Rasierkling. Als Chemiker, wenn du das ins Blut spritzt, dann weißt du, dass du ein Mörder bist. Das ist ein neues Material. Die Toxikologen haben das nicht auf dem Schirm. Auf einmal macht es Sinn, dass diese Opfer so aussehen. Ja? Und dass Spitzensportler äh, mit einem hohen Blutstrom, die kerngesund sind, auf einmal tot umfallen. Und man sieht halt die Menschen, die direkt nach der Impfung noch so auf dem Impfstuhl, im Ruheraum, wenn die da kollabieren und da auf dem Boden rumzappeln, die haben bei diesem russisch Roulette einfach Pech gehabt, mhm. weil bei denen hat man wahrscheinlich eine Vene getroffen. Die Frage, die man einfach stellen muss, die man den Politikern stellt oder die man den Ärzten stellt, die die Ärzte einem Konzern fitzer stellen müsste. Warum sind da diese Rasierklingen drin? Und jetzt wollen sie die Kinder ab fünf Jahre zur Impfpflicht bringen. Dieser Herr Zekerisch, der Präsident der österreichischen Ärztekammer. In Wien sogar schon möglich, mit einer sogenannten Off-Label-Aktion auf die 5-11-Jährigen zu immunisieren. Jetzt kommt also die Impfpflicht, dann weiß ich, schönes Wort immunisieren. Nicht ab welchem Alter diese gelten sollte. Welche Grenze schlagen Sie hier vor? Würde die Impfpflicht für alle, die geimpft werden können und wo eine Zulassung durch die europäische Behörde besteht, aussprechen. Das sind derzeit Jugendliche ab zwölf Jahren. Wir rechnen damit, dass die Impfpflicht ab fünf Jahren in den nächsten Tagen durch die europäischen Behörden bewilligt wird. Wie Sie richtig sagen, derzeit ist es off-label und es ist möglich, dass man seine Kinder impft. Also off-label, das heißt, es ist nicht zugelassen. Sie spritzen sie aber schon. Man kann einfach nur noch von einer Todesspritze sprechen. Nach einem ausführlichen Beratungsgespräch durch einen Kinderfacharzt ist das durchaus ein Kinderfacharzt? Glaubt ihr, ein Kinderfacharzt versteht, was unter dem Wort Kaffeenoxid? Da gibt es ein anderes Interview, da spricht er, er glaubt, dass es gut ist, dann sagt er noch aus medizinischer Sicht ab, absolut, dass es jetzt angemessen ist, die Bevölkerung durchzuimpfen mit Zwang. Ähm, wir hatten vorhin darüber gesprochen, eine wissenschaftliche Komponente ist Disputation, dass man ein wissenschaftliches Streitgespräch führt. Weißt du, die Basis von Medizin oder von pharmazeutischer Medizin ist Chemie. Das heißt, ein Arzt, der von Chemie keine Ahnung hat, und jetzt werden hier völlig neue Stoffe, die die Natur nicht kennt, da reingebracht. Die alle Welt spricht von der Messenger-RNA, die komplex wirkt. Da ist die Theorie ich sage mal, relativ komplex, was die da tun soll. Aber was das Ding hier tut, versteht jeder Chemiker. Da siehst du, dass diese Messenger-RNA-Geschichte wahrscheinlich eine Ablenkung ist. Also ich kann mir nicht vorstellen, dass irgendein Mensch mir als Kohlenstoffspezialist irgendwie eine vernünftige Erklärung geben könnte, warum das Zeug, warum diese Kohlenstoffrasierklingen da drin sind. Das ist Kriegsführung. Ja, es wird abgelenkt mit der Messenger-RNA. Ja. Aber so schnell können die Menschen da nicht umfallen. Direkt auf dem Stuhl, in der, in der, im Ruheraum fallen die um.
da passiert was anderes und dieser Effekt, den müsste man untersuchen. Er stellt sich als Spezialist da, anscheinend haben die österreichischen Ärzte kein Wissen als den da und ein Arzt, der Chemie nicht versteht oder er ist kriminell oder er ist ein Massenmörder. Wenn er das nicht versteht, nach der Studie von diesem spanischen Arzt, ist es jetzt offiziell, dass nanoskalisches Graphenoxid, Graphenhydroxid da drin ist. Und damit ist es klar, dass Rasierklingen verspritzt werden. Das heißt, entweder ist er inkompetent, weil, weißt du, wenn du eine gesamte Gesellschaft zwangsweise spritzen willst, dann musst du deine Hausaufgaben sehr genau gemacht haben. Weil wenn da was Falsches drin ist, wenn da etwas drin ist, was da nicht drin sein soll, dann hast du die gesamte Bevölkerung eines Landes getötet. Du musst dieses Risiko abwägen. Wie gefährlich ist Corona? Wie gefährlich ist die Spritze? Und ein Chemiker geht hin und sagt, dieser Typ, und er macht sich Gedanken, ob die Menschen gefesselt werden, bevor sie gespritzt werden. Und er ist der oberste Arzt. Sind die Ärzte in Österreich so inkompetent, dass sie die Basischemie, auf der die Medizin baut, überhaupt nicht verstehen? Dann sollten sie Approbation abgeben. Jeder Arzt in Österreich, der nach der Information, die jetzt draußen ist, weiter spritzt, ist ein Mörder. Ich bin nicht irgendwer in dem Kohlenstoffbereich. Ich will das nochmal darstellen. Ich habe in dem Bereich promoviert. Ich habe beim weltgrößten Aktivkohlehersteller gearbeitet. Im Bereich New Carbon Products. Ich war der Einzige in Europa. Ich habe die Jungs in Pittsburgh besucht. Ich war der Einzige Europäer, der in Pittsburgh war, so ungefähr. Ich habe danach mein eigenes Aktivkohleunternehmen aufgebaut. Ich habe mit ich habe Papier verharzt und daraus Aktivkohlemembran gemacht. Und dieses verkohlte Papier Daran hat man sich die Hände geschnitten. Das Zeug war super scharf. Ich kann das beurteilen, was das macht. Das ist russisch Roulette. Triffst du die Vene oder nicht? Bleibt es irgendwie im Muskelgewebe? Dann ist es nicht so toxisch. Aber wenn du ein Blutgefäß triffst und es gibt verschiedene Chargen, die mehr oder weniger enthalten. Aber wenn man sowas verspritzt, dann muss man wissen, dass man die Menschen innerlich zerschneidet. Und das ist ein hochintelligentes Gift. Denn normale Mediziner kann es nicht diagnostizieren. Der normale Toxikologe, der mit Petrischalen arbeitet, der findet es nicht, weil es sich nicht bewegt. Der Toxikologe hat nicht auf dem Schirm, dass es sowas wie Rasierklingen gibt im nanoskalischen Bereich. Mhm. Aber was ich als Chemiker knallhart sagen kann, dass wir jetzt sicher gehen können, da ist dieses Graphenhydroxid drin, nanoskalisch. Das sind nanoskalische Rasierklingen. Und die sollen jetzt auch Kinder, die fünf Jahre alt sind, sollen dem Rasierklingen gespritzt werden. Herr Zickeres, mal erklären, was diese Rasierklingen da drin zu suchen hat. Das soll er tun. Und das soll er auch seinen Chef erklären, dem Herrn Schallenberg. Soll er dem Herrn Schallenberg erklären? Der ist ja wahrscheinlich auch Berater von dem österreichischen Bundeskanzler. Und der österreichische Bundeskanzler Schallenberg, der ist Jurist. Er ist verantwortlich dafür, dass er die richtigen Berater wählt. Wenn er jetzt den Impfzwang über ganz Österreich verhängt, dann muss er die Kompetenz besitzen, die richtigen Berater auszuwählen. Er als Jurist hat da keine Ahnung. Aber das ist seine Aufgabe, er muss die richtigen Berater auswählen. Und wenn er inkompetente Berater auswählt, dann hat er die Verantwortung zu tragen. Ich stehe dafür als Chemiker gerade. Ich stehe dafür als Chemiker gerade, dass das nanoskalische Rasierklingen sind. Und wenn du dir anschaust, 
aus Kohlenstoff zu tun, machst du Bremsscheiben, ewig haltbare Bremsscheiben. Das heißt, dieses Zeug hat 0,0 biologische Abbaufähigkeit, bleibt immer im Körper. Auch wenn sie jetzt nicht sofort tot umfallen. Peu à peu zerschneidet die Blutgefäße. Es äh, zerstört das Herz, die ganzen Herzinfarkte, die ganzen Schlaganfälle. Man muss sich doch mal fragen als Arzt, wo kommt das her? Wenn du verstehst, dass die Rasierklingen verspritzen, dann wird es auf einmal klar, dass die ganzen Herz-Kreislauf-Krankheiten jetzt auftauchen. Weil sie ein zerschnittenes Herz haben, sie haben ein zerschnittenes Hirn. Sie haben zerschnittene Blutgefäße. Diese Graphenstrukturen, also monolagige Kohle, monolagiges Graphit, das ist so stabil und das weiß jeder Chemiker. Ja, es ist nicht abbaubar. Das Ding ist irgendwie 50 Nanometer lang, breit und 0,1 Nanometer dick. Und wenn man sich das vorstellt, natürlich ist es eine Rasierklinge. Jeder Chemiker, der über diesen Gedanken nach weiß, es ist eine Rasierklinge. Und diese Epithelzellen, also dieses Epithel, das ist einfach so glatt, wenn es zerschnitten wird, ja, dann wird es rau. Und dann bleibt alles Mögliche dran kleben. Also das Epithel ist nicht ohne Grund so spiegelglatt. Und je nachdem, wie es gespritzt wird, kann ja auch jeder Idiot mittlerweile verspritzen. Und wenn er eine Vene trifft, dann... Es dürfen ja. auch bald Apotheker spritzen. Ja, also für mich ist es russisch Roulette. Hier nochmal die Petrischale. Der normale Toxikologe schaut sich halt den Petrischalenversuch an. Und nicht umsonst ist das Zeug deklariert als experimenteller Impfstoff. Die wissen nicht, rauskommt, was rauskommt. Und jeder Impfling muss unterschreiben, dass er die gesamte Verantwortung trägt. Äh, erst in 50 Jahren werden die Verträge mit Pfizer ja, veröffentlicht. Was steht da drin? Warum 50 Jahre? Ich weiß, in Deutschland gibt es... Und in Österreich gibt es niemand von meinem Kaliber. Der Kohlenstoff, der Aktivkohlespezialist hier in Deutschland war Dr. Hartmut von Kienle. Und ich habe ein Jahr lang bei dem auf dem Schoß gesessen. Ich habe auf dem Gebiet promoviert. Ich habe auf dem Gebiet meine Firma aufgebaut, den Businessplanwettbewerb in Wolfsburg gewonnen mit 175.000 Euro Dollar dem ich habe drei Millionen, sechs Millionen D-Mark äh, Venture Capital bekommen. Ich hatte meine zehn Entwickler, um diese neuen Kohlenstoffprodukte voranzutreiben. Ich weiß, wovon ich rede. Soll mir hier mal ein Chemiker im Chat irgendwie mir widerlegen oder eine andere Meinung äußern? Ja, das gerne. Ist, das ja, gerne. Mal, das ihr, seid ein, ihr seid eingeladen. Ja, also Ganz alle. Alles eingeladen. Ein Chemiker soll mir sagen, nein, ich, ich irre mich. Die Basis von wissenschaftlichen Arbeiten hat Sir Karl Popper dargestellt. Äh, Mutmaßung und Widerlegung. Und er sagt, so seinen Kernsatz, es ist besser, Theorien zu töten als Menschen. Und hier wird mit einer mörderischen Theorie immer weiter gemacht. Das ganze Volk soll verspritzt werden. Und das ist genau, was Popper sagt. Wenn ihr von den toten Pferden die absteigt und diese tote Theorie diese mörderische Theorie jetzt weiterreitet, dann tötet ihr, die österreichische Regierung muss einfach aufpassen. Sie ist die Erste, die jetzt hier den Impfzwang verhängt. Sie tötet das gesamte österreichische Volk. Der Schallenberg, der ist dafür verantwortlich. Er braucht seine richtigen Berater. Wir hatten schon mal einen Österreicher, der über Europa Leid und Tod gebracht hat. Worauf ich jetzt appelliere, verteilt dieses Video in allen Kanälen. Der Schallenberg braucht Tausende, Hunderttausende von Briefen. Er muss wissen, 
das ist eine Rasierklinge, das ist ein Tötungsmittel. Und wenn er es weiß und weitermacht, dann ist er ein Massenmörder. Dann geht er in seinen Schuhstapfen. Und es muss jetzt raus. Ich bin bereit, mich mit jedem zu unterhalten, was dieses Zeug darstellt. Als Chemiker sage ich, das sind Rasierklingen. Und ich merke einfach, wie wenig Ahnung Mediziner von Chemie haben. Aber sie betreiben Chemie im Körper von kleinen Kindern, von schwangeren Frauen. Und was ihr hier macht, ihr Ärzte, ihr wisst es jetzt auch. Und wenn ihr weiterspritzt, dann seid ihr Mörder. Geht raus, gebt, tippt es ab, gebt es eurem Arzt, gebt es euren Politikern. Und wenn die weitermachen, dann prophezei ich euch, dann gibt es kein Gericht der Welt, was euch noch rettet. Weil was ihr hier macht, ist Massenmord. Und Österreich hat die Verantwortung. Sie habt damit angefangen, hier Impfzwang zu erklären. Und Herr Schallenberg, Sie als Jurist brauchen die besten Berater. Und wenn Sie nicht fähig sind, die besten Berater zu wählen, dann sind Sie inkompetent. Dann müssen Sie abdanken. Der Gesundheitsminister auch. Wie kompetent seid ihr? Ihr seid bereit, das gesamte österreichische Volk zwangs zu spritzen mit Rasierklingen, die nicht mehr biologisch abbaubar sind. Verbreitet das Video. Schreibt es auf. Schickt per USB-Sticks an Politiker, an Ärzte. Macht denen klar, wenn sie jetzt weitermachen, sind sie Mörder. Die Polizei ist gerade da. Die Polizei ist gerade da. Ja. Und jetzt? Mach mal bitte auf. Ja, ich weiß nicht, was los ist. Ich weiß nicht. Äh Guck mal, wir haben vorhin über Angst gesprochen. Moment, hier ist gerade die Polizei, bricht gerade die Tür Polizei! auf. Polizei! Ich bin hier gesehen, auf dem Boden, auf dem Boden, unsere Beine! Runter auf dem Boden! Geh runter! Geh runter! Geh runter! Zwei Personen hier! Aber wo liegen bleiben? Wie sind Ihre Namen? Wie heißen Sie? Wie heißen Sie? Ich bin Andreas Noah. Sonst irgendwelche Messer, Waffen, irgendwas einstecken? Nein. Komm lieber aus. Wir haben Samstag, den 27. November 2021, am Dienstag, den 23. circa um 10 Uhr morgens wurde das Video veröffentlicht zum Thema Graphenhydroxid. Das Video hat eingeschlagen wie eine Bombe. Zeitgleich ähm, hat Andreas ein Zoom-Call-Interview geführt mit Raltiers. Ich habe die Kamera gemacht und habe aber parallel mitbekommen, was in den Chats passiert, was in den Kanälen passiert. Das Interview hat circa zwei Stunden gedauert und danach haben wir uns noch ausgetauscht. Kurz. 
und haben uns gesagt, wie sehr wir uns lieben, haben gelacht. Und kurz darauf, kurz darauf wurde Andreas heftig, heftig angegriffen. Der Angriff war extrem hinterhältig und unerwartet. Und ich habe die schreckliche Aufgabe, euch zu sagen, dass Andreas es leider nicht überlebt hat. Diese Nachricht ist extrem schockierend für uns alle. Aber Andreas ist in mir und ich bin ein Teil von ihm. Wir sind eins und alle Infos sind draußen. Wir wissen alles, was wir wissen müssen. Und ich brauche euch jetzt. Es ist jetzt an der Zeit, Taten folgen zu lassen. Es ist jetzt an der Zeit, dass ihr wirklich anfangen zu glauben. Und wir müssen jetzt seinen Plan umsetzen. Wir haben nichts mehr zu verlieren. Es geht um die gesamte Menschheit. Er hat es für euch gemacht. Er ist für euch gestorben. Er hatte keine Angst vor dem Sterben. Er hat es in Kauf genommen. auf diese Art geschehen muss, ist schrecklich. Es war nicht der Plan, dass er so schnell von uns geht. Aber wie gesagt, nehmt die Energie des Feindes auf. Wir müssen die Energie jetzt nutzen und gegen sie richten, für uns nutzen. Und ich brauche euch jetzt ich krieg's nicht alleine hin. Also, bitte kommt in die Pötte. Ich werde euch genaueres erzählen. Ähm, bitte dreht nicht durch. Together we stand, divided we fall. Let's stand together as a team. Zum ersten Mal. Wow, that was incredible, wasn't it? You know, I've never heard anything about her since that she made that video. I hope she's well and that she's moving on. And uh, it's a shame her husband had to die like that. But that's what tyrants do, folks. They go after the intelligentsia. They go after the people that want to warn other people about what's going on. The communists do it when they go into power. The Nazis did it when they went into power. If they're evil, the first people they want to get rid of are the smart people. And this guy died doing what he did best, <clears throat> exposing the enemy.
So she's right. We need to act. We need to do our due diligence to fight against all this stuff that's going on. I try to do it here, presenting these things to you. And hopefully others can go out and do it in different ways. Whatever way that is, that's between you and your maker. Okay. But um, anyway, what I wanted to do real quick, and um, I have to do this real quick. Hold on a second. There's one more screen I would like to share. Where is it? Okay, I just want to show you some pictures of what this, uh, hmm, okay, of what this looks like. And there's a, a group on Telegram, if you have Telegram. Hello. Okay, and this group, um, very informative. They not only show you what's in the um, mRNA injections and the others, they show you that this stuff is in just about everything. And that's a bummer. Um, this is in Spanish, but if you know a little bit of Spanish, you can pick up a lot. But um, here, for instance, some pictures of uh, the graphene in the blood system. Okay. And these look like, and, and she even said it in one of the videos that... Um, that this lady that she does a lot of present present makes a lot of presentations on here and she called them um oh, I can't remember the name but now that oh, those fibers that come out of the skin I'll think of it before we're gone here but anyway uh, this is talking about the the flu it's in Spanish, just known as the grip. And here's some more pictures, some videos of um, some of the graphene oxide or graphene hydroxide in the blood. Some more. If you've looked at any of the blood clots, it looks like a lot of this right here. So the blood clots, their main constituent is probably graphene oxide or hydroxide with um, other elements. Okay, here's some more. Oh, sorry, folks. Let me make sure that I'm showing this to you. And I'm not. <laughs> okay. I'm glad I checked this. Okay, so let's let's go here again. And let's see. Open Telegram desktop. Okay. All right. Well. I see you doing things twice is sometimes advantageous. Um, these are all graphene in the body. These look like almost like hydra living organisms. And I think there are some living organisms in the, 
the vaccine. Okay, I'm going to scroll up a little more. Here's a video. I'm not going to play it because it just makes me come out of this, what we're into right now, and have to find out how to get back in. So, And some more pictures of it. Again, the blood clots that we've seen. Patients that have died. Sorry, folks. Um, okay, there's some more. And there are others. These are... Um, these have been found in these products here. And I wish I could get them big enough to read them, but anyway. And these were found in here. These are all, see, well, it says grapheno with a, um, grapheno, excuse me, with a question mark. But it sure looks like the grapheno that's in the blood. There's a good picture. I don't know who sent this. Somebody named Doris. And these are typical pictures. This is uh, the vaccine Sputnik that the Russians put out. It's got the same stuff in it. A lot of people thought they were getting Sputnik. People overseas and it was safer. <laughs> They're dying just as much as they are here. If not more, Liliana posted these. This is under regular lights. This is under reverse light. Here we go again. This is what makes people think that they're electronic circuits. And we have some more. This looks like something living here. Dr. Mengele would have been real proud of this because he has, they have done something that he always wanted to do. And he got away with it. Here's some more graphene. This was found in um, enalapril tablets. Wow. In water. Sorry, folks, I don't mean to yawn so much. Um, here we go. Here's another one. I missed my last uh, two hours ago. Okay. Let me see what's here. I guess it's too big. Okay. This was found in a bottle of alcohol. And this was found in bread. I don't know. Some of these are kind of dubious to me. That, that could be a hair for all we know. You know, there's more graphene right there. Mineral water uh, named Susi, the north of Japan. See, Spanish isn't that hard to read. Sometimes. <laughs> Here we go again. There's a whole bunch of graphene in these samples. This was found in an injection of something. This almost looks like a DNA double helix here. That's bizarre looking. It looks like it's in with blood cells. Some very sick blood cells. They don't look like they're normal. They should look like that one right there. 
but they're all different shapes. They're, well, I don't know what that is, but. Okay, there we go again. There's, that almost looks alive. And we got more graphene here. This is found in, uh, what is this? Looks like ibuprofen. So there's a good chance it's in all of our tablets too, folks. Um, let's see. There's another one here that was found in um, aspirin with vitamin C. Ibuprofeno. Okay, that's ibuprofen, 600 milligrams. Uh, the name of it is Sinfa, I guess. Now, dissolved in water, distilled. And it's in contrast. Okay. All righty. Another one. I mean, it's this. look, at we're only right here. <laughs> I could scroll forever. Okay, what's this say? Sangre inoculate people that are inoculated okay these blood cells folks look at them they're clumping first of all red blood cells aren't supposed to do that they do when you get a cut or something but um, and a lot of them are misshapen too so that's what the vaccine does there's some more graphene Caprian, I don't know what that means. Okay. And let's see, I can't, we can't hardly make that out. Now some more of a Sputnik. Water of Victoria. Okay. Tramadol. I can't really make that out. I guess they're trying to show us it's in there too, but okay. Arena. I don't know what Arena is. Okay, let's see. Little rectangles. That's all. <laughs> that's all graphene, folks. All graphene. And that's taken out of a. Uh, looks like a um, a vial of of the. Uh, Vaccine, the so-called vaccine. There it is again. Man, it's scary again. Here's kind of a close-up of it. Some more. Some of this stuff you can barely see. That one looks like it gets stuck somewhere. Okay, let's see. What's this drug here? It's an oral drug, 200 milligrams, 25 milligrams, 245 milligrams. I don't know. Tenovir. I think it's an antiviral. Okay, what do we got here? I'm going to stop doing this in a minute. Here we go again. There's some more. Some more. Look at these. That almost looks like a circuit board, doesn't it? 
That's not a natural crystalline formation. Maybe it is a circuit board. Hmm. Okay, I think you kind of get the picture, folks, right? This is what's in there. This was in horchata. Oh, I love horchata, too. It's a shame. It's, it's just, this is this is clogging up material right here. That gets in your veins. Look at that. That'll cause a log jam in there, huh? Okay. Alrighty. Delta solution oral. Oh, that's vitamin D. Calciferol. I guess being in uh, pharmacy all those years, that is, is helping out a lot, huh? This is, uh, it looks like a antibiotic. Imagine that, putting on an antibiotic ointment just to make yourself sick. That's pretty sick. Okay. I'm done. How about you? All right, let's get rid of that. Well, folks, um, I think that was pretty interesting. I think that having the um, – I had a sty, by the way. That's what that's from. But, um, yeah, hearing um, Andreas Nowak and, and the Spanish doctors, pretty interesting and pretty damning, pretty compelling, and uh, pr pretty convicting, pretty condemning, too. <laughs> So, anyway, I leave you with that. That's what's inside. And, uh, like, we uh, always remember the hydro, the graphene hydrochloride. It seems that it's going to be a lot harder to get it out of the body, but the graphene oxide hydrochloride, listen to me, um, graphene hydroxide. Okay. And the other one's the uh, graphene oxide. It seems like it can be flushed somehow if that's exactly what's in there. But in either case, it shouldn't be in a vaccine. And, um, and it's killing people, right? So, anyway, I hope you got an education. I sure did from this. And until we meet again, possibly Wednesday, if Ralph's going to be ready. If not, I'll be back on Thursday with Brian, okay? Well, you have a wonderful week. Um, enjoy this uh, late summer. And because um, fall's coming and winter's coming, you know how that is. To all you people down in California who are frying today, it was uh, it's about 80 degrees here today. So just thought I'd let you know, especially you conservatives that want to get out of there, come up here. You people in New York, you, you uh, conservatives, they don't want you there anyway. Come here. Come to Oregon. So anyway, having said that, I'm going to get off of here. Thank God bless. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. May you watch your going out and coming in. You're rising up. You're lying down. May he bring you the peace that passes all understanding. And may he give you peace. Amen and amen. Good night, folks.